Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a recovered life discussion about creating your weekly sober game plan and strategies on how to live your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied on for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Well, guys, let's just go ahead and start the room here. You are in... Plan Your Sober Week with Damon and Christina. Uh, just wanted to say hello to everyone. Uh, we're going to begin the room now. Uh, we're going to invite some people onto the stage just to set up what we do here. Every week, we uh, plan our sober week. We go over what we are uh, looking to do this week, what we need to work on in our recovery, where we're at, problems and challenges we might have. We share as a group. Uh, just a couple of ground rules here. This is pre-recorded. This is recorded on Clubhouse and for our podcast. And also, uh, we just expect that everybody use their first names. If you want, you can call Christina and, and I whatever you want. But when you're referring to other people and yourself, if we just ask you to use your first name. And the other thing is just to kind of have fun, learn something, but be respectful, nice, and polite to yourself and to others. That's what we do here in Plan Your Sober Week uh, with Damon and Christina. Um, Kathy, good to see you. Uh, I'm so glad that you're with us today. How are you doing? How's your week going? Uh, week's going okay so far in the future. Uh, it's uh, just gone five here. Um, my week, uh, I think, is just going to fall in place pretty easily. I'm still buzzing after the weekend and my couple of days away. Um so, yeah, I think I'm in a, in a really good headspace to address the week. Um, bit exhausted, but um, a happy exhausted. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I have uh, a few things planned, uh, GP-wise, uh, sorry, doctors and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a good week. I can feel it. I'm so happy that you had a nice trip. I mean, I think, I think that... Uh, that last week we were discussing trips and I feel that exhaustion. Um, I went two weeks ago to, you know, a, a family kind of reunion type thing, came home and then my mother-in-law was with me for the week and it's a lovely visit, but you know what it is when your, your routine is adjusted and I really feel that, that tiredness this morning. So I'm really, I'm happy to hear that it went well and you enjoyed yourself. That's awesome. Damon. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, I, I love because you shared last week, Kathy, that you were, you know, had this big thing that you had, had done, the first thing that you had done in your sobriety like this, and that you're back here talking about it and that you're doing well uh, really means the world to us. So we're so glad that you're here. And uh, can't wait uh, to hear more from you as this discussion unfolds. Uh, Christina, uh, yes. good week so far. I mean, we recorded a podcast this morning already. Right. We recovered the Re Recovered Live show, went live on that. We were talking about gratitude, yep. which is always great. Uh, and 
But, you know, it's interesting because it's something that I'm going to weave into my sober week. Right. Um, we were talking about how we both disdain over periods of our recovery, these gratitude lists. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the silliness just, of it. Oh, God, it just drives me crazy. But, you know, we just had this discussion about the science of gratitude. And mm -hmm. as much as I disdain it, I have to tell you it works if I could stay in the present moment. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, one of the things that, that I discovered, um, and if you are interested, make sure to download the podcast or join Recovered Life Community because uh, they get announced there and delivered there. And we're doing this really cool thing with Volley. So it's a great place for people to get involved and to have a community. But um, the article, it's a, a metadata analysis. So it is from uh, the Greater Good Institute at Berkeley. And they're talking about the science of gratitude. And it's, you know, more recent in the last 20 years. And so what I brought up to Damon was how cool it is. You know, I'm, I've been 25 years sober and that was from day one one of the practices that was taught to me and i know that it was long you know long before i got sober that in you know the 12-step groups that i came into it was something that we were given direction to do and how cool it is to see you know people that study these things neuroscientists um social scientists start to talk about the huge benefits of it and that it's literally an intervention to what's going on but as i shared this morning with damon i remember the first couple of times that was told to me and i thought it was a bunch of bs because what i heard somebody saying when they said you need to write a gratitude list what i heard somebody saying is that they didn't care about me you know my wounds were, were so large and I, I was sad. And what I heard them saying was, you know, shut up and deal with it and start focusing on good. And now as I continue to do it, I'm starting to see because, you know, we're starting to have data that shows inside our brains what's happening and all, you know, huge schools like Berkeley are studying it. And my good friend, Stacy Danford, who's in the recovered life, shared and did her whole thesis on it and there is so many benefits and it's actually a pretty sophisticated way to heal and to plan your life right so you know it's way more important than just listing the five things what it does for the brain and stuff and so it was one of the reasons why i brought the article forward for the podcast and love that you're bringing it up here but you know i will also want to be honest and say you know there were a lot of times in my sobriety where I just wanted to tell somebody, you know, to F off when they told me to do it. But ultimately it's preemptive and it works. It really works. It changes your brain. And, uh, and so I was glad, I was glad that I found the article. If anybody wants it, check us out. Be happy to send it to you. It's 50 pages and uh, it really, really shows how important having um a practice of gratitude is um you know you know i now we just have to explain christina why when i hear the word gratitude list i want to throw up uh you know and we're talking about on the podcast because it is such an inclusive article that you that you had the study about gratitude a couple things I want to bring up with this. One of the reasons why I think I feel 
um, you, you, you highlighted this, why I feel like, hey, uh, I don't want to do that is because, you know, our ego and our brain and our thinking wants to keep us out there, right? It wants to keep us in the problem, trying to fix a solution for everything. And gratitude is a very present thing, right? I have to be in the present moment. I'm gratitude. I'm here. I'm healthy. I'm walking. I, I ate today. I have a place to live today, right? People around me are, are healthy. I have friends, like the very basic stuff. That brings me into the present moment. Uh, you know, so much of our ego and our minds don't want to be in the present moment. I want to be in the solver, fixer, fight or flight, right? Like that is where a lot of people in recovery live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And one of the things that brought this up, that, that was brought up in the show today that I wanted to weave into my own recovery plan this week is that how great gratitude actually is, that it is actually a portal that you walk through. And this talks about it. It is the gateway to all of these other things starting to happen in your life. And I'd love it if you talked about that a little bit, Christina, because how I'm going to start to use this is just to get into that present moment and understand when I'm in gratitude, when I can walk through that gateway, it's going to be open me up to do a lot of other things I want to do in my life. I'm sorry, my app is being incredibly weird. What do you want me to talk about on uh, the practice? No, I was just saying about how the how the uh, how the walking through that gateway, right? The idea of walking through this gateway of gratitude brings us to a way bigger. It allows us to do other things, right? It's not just that we're grateful. That the article talked about. It's actually the first big gateway that people walk through to get to where they want to go. It is so true. And I, you know, I, I go back to another thing that I learned in 12 steps, which is you've got to act your way into right thinking. And so you can't think your way into right action. And I apply that to the practice of gratitude. Um, and, and I, 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 absolutely acknowledge that there's painful things out there and there are there's challenges and there's stress and i hate it when people you know share like look on the bright side or find something that's good but i think as a preemptive daily action it really changes your brain and what and that's what act into right thinking is and you know we've seen neuroscience catch up to what these slogans have told us and so what it does is it orients your brain and your reticular activating system to start looking for more that's good. Um, we know our brains are designed to keep us safe. They absolutely are trained to look for what's bad. Anybody who wants to beat themselves up for only remembering the bad things needs to give themselves a break right now. Your brain is designed for that. It's designed to keep you safe. It's designed for you to be vigilant on negative things. But if we don't actively train it uh, to start looking for good, these things can just slip by. It's called negative bias. And, you know, what I loved about the way that this article defined gratitude was that one, you know, that it's two parts. It's a two-step process. It's not necessarily an emotion. 
but it says the first thing is to recognize that one has obtained a positive outcome and the second is to recognize that there is an external source for this positive outcome and that's what actual definition of gratefulness is is that real recognizing there is something good which we which we have to we have to train our brain to look for that's what the gratitude list does and that it didn't come from us and it's so so important and it makes me right-sized and it opens the door to feel these other emotions that I want. So, so right, Christina, thank you for mentioning that. I, you know, I think the first big spiritual awakening that I had in recovery, um, I remember where I was, the one of the, besides like, hey, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I have to get sober. Besides that big spiritual awakening, the, the one of the big ones in recovery was, it's not all about me right? Huge. Yes. A huge breakthrough. And I remember where I was, you know, I had a, I had an old school 12 step sponsor who's still in my life. Love the guy. Shout out to Kevin. If he's out there listening. Um, and we were in a church in San Francisco. He made me meet them there. And I was just dumping about all the horrible things that were going on in my life. And that, why didn't people understand this? Why didn't people understand that? Why can't I obtain this? Why am I losing this? Because I was just losing, losing, losing. Everything was zapping out of my life, right? And he said, well, you know, you ate today. You got a place to live today. Everything is okay today. And then I just went on and on and on. And he turned to me and I remember in a very quiet Kevin voice said, hey, buddy, it's not all about you. And literally it hit me like a lightning bolt. It's, it's not all about me, right? And this is the this is the thing that I try to weave into my sober week every week is to understand it's not all about me. It's all about me. There's other people, they're doing their thing. I have to be grateful for where I'm at in the moment. I have to pursue and play full out in life, but it's not all about me. There's other people and they have needs that they need men as well. And that I have to be open, right? If that makes sense, Christina. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to hear um, Kathy or Laura, if you want to respond before I go into more thoughts. Um, I'll jump in. I, th I think the ne I've been affected by negativity just in the last kind of two hours. Um, it, it, if it becomes normal, I know your brain is, is fighting against it and is geared to protect you from it, but when you're bombarded with it, it becomes so normal, it becomes the absolute, the only thing that you hear. Um, it affect, it brings you, that's what it happens to me anyway. And I, I have to be very, very mindful about negative thoughts. Um, they affect me very adversely. Um, and I have to be rude sometimes and, and excuse myself from a situation to get away from them. But, um, it, it is it is the mindset it is the mindset it's it's like if am i losing something or am i have i got uh, is something gone that i didn't really need in my life you know that that kind of, and it veers into kind of toxic positivity sometimes i guess but you know things things are the only way the actual kind of thing happening can be out of your hands the only thing you can do something about is your reaction to it, like like you said, Christina. So that's yeah, that's me then. Oh, I love that. I, I do. I love that. That is that is the only thing that we have 
control over is our response and maybe not even our first response because the other thing that our tricky little brains does is it's very lazy. So, you know, our whole life, we, our brain is trained to keep us safe. So it's watching out for the negative and to actively change that, to actively override it takes, you know, the agency of thought into it. And I remember the first time I learned that concept and was blown away um, with, oh, okay, I can control my thoughts and I can control how I respond to something. Um, and I, I had never thought of that, that until I got into recovery. I really felt like I was at the mercy of these thoughts racing. And so, you know, after doing the podcast this morning and now this room, I plan to you know, make sure that I go back to my old fashioned roots of putting together a gratitude list. Because if I do that in the mornings and one that's real, because that's the other thing that we've learned through the discussions is that your brain also knows when you're not being, when it's a lie, right? That's why a lot of affirmations don't work. So it really takes time for me to think about what I'm, what I'm really grateful for and another tip that was passed on to me is that at least in one of the lists, you know, if I, if I shoot for five, one of them has to be pretty simple because I don't want uh, to just be grateful for all of the big things. Although I have to say this, you know, I have lots of good things that happen, many good things that happen that I can look forward to and I can enjoy, but also just figuring out the little things, you know, like sunshine on my face, um, you know, that my husband is in program. That's not necessarily a little thing, but, you know, that I have my strawberry lemonade beet juice, uh, pre-workout drink, stuff that's simple so that I can practice it and start looking for it. It's, it's really, really, really important. And so this week, since we are planning our sober week, I want to return to that. And just to share, um, my son went to prom Friday night. Um, I didn't know that there would be a prom. Um, for many, many people know that he is a high supports kid, kiddo. Um, he's nonverbal. And, um, and so, you know, this time of year with social media, a lot of my parental friends are posting pictures of their children dressing up and going to prom. And, you know, I, although I am grateful for them, it can be bittersweet for me. And then I got the notice last week that they would have a prom at his school. So Friday, I, I dressed him up um, in comfortable clothes, bought him a boutonniere, and found out that my son loves to dance more than he loves to eat, which is huge. <laughs> and so I'm incredibly grateful for the moments, you know, we put cologne on him. He was, he loved the whole process and um, danced for an hour and a half. And I was just so grateful to have that moment. Um, but it isn't Pollyanna, you know, gratitude, true gratitude isn't about ignoring the parts that are hard as well. And as a parent, you know, you become really accustomed to bittersweet. Your children are growing older. They're getting, you know, prepared. You know that the little years are gone. But I, I, because I was, am sober and because I've made a practice of really taking an inventory about what's going on, you know, 
paying attention, taking agency of my thought, I really did get to enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. Hi, Laura. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura, and I'm an alcoholic. And wow, is this such a... First of all, Christina, your, um, your story about your son going to prom just made me smile from ear to ear. What a, what a beautiful thing. Um, and this is such a great topic. And I'll tell you, my journey with gratitude is pretty black and white. Before my relapse in January of 2021, I would say that I was grateful for things, but I was a little bit, a lot like some of the things that Damon was describing. Like I couldn't, you know, to be grateful very often it requires being in the moment. And that was something I was incapable of doing because all I was doing was kind of seeing the forest instead of the trees and saying, what don't I have? You know, when, when your children are not speaking to you, that is the black cloud that hangs over every single moment of my life. And so the, the fact that those relationships are dysfunctional or not as, as I would like them. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, I let that control a lot because even if something good happened, there was still, but my kids aren't talking to me. My God, my life is terrible. I, even if I'm a little grateful for something, I really can't be fully embraced in gratitude. Fast forward now to this, um, journey, this recovery journey I've been on for 16 months and it is all about gratitude. I learned early on that um, when I came back in the rooms that I, you know, I follow a 12 step program that um, I was the problem and everything needed to change. And one of those very important things on top of the list was gratitude. And yes, that recommendation, once again, start a gratitude journal. And so I've learned to give myself grace about a gratitude journal doesn't have to be like I hear so many people talk about. It's on my nightstand. I write in it first thing in the morning. I set my intention for the day. Then I write in it in, at night. See, I can't do that. I can't set all those rules to do something because it turns me off. And if, I, if I, I'm very hard on myself and if I miss one morning writing in it, I'm like, oh God, I screwed up the whole thing. Forget it now. So instead, what I did was I got my little notebook and I, you know, I work from home three days a week. Um, and actually, when I when I came back in the rooms, I was working from home five days a week. So um, I put that little notebook on my work desk, which I know I'm going to sit at 10 hours a day. And I tried to write in it every day. And I tried to write uh, what I noticed is that if you, if I try to write in something every day, two things are going to happen. I'm going to focus on the now. I'm going to focus on those little things that are in the present. And the fact that my, my children aren't speaking to me, I'm obviously not, you know, uh, it's still there. It hasn't changed with respect to my daughters. It has with respect to my sons, but not with my daughters but I'm able to practice acceptance with it. And I'm not, I'm not forcing it. It's not a forced black cloud over my head all day long and, and 
overcoming everything that might be good. And so I want to bring it to this morning. And this is why it's incredible that this is the topic. So my little book is sitting on my desk as it always does. I sat down this morning and I picked it up for no apparent reason. And I will tell you the last time I wrote in it was May 2nd. So today's May 23rd. So that'll go to show that I don't put pressure on myself to do it every day. I do it whenever the mood strikes me. And when I sat down this morning, nothing particular was like gushing from my life. And here's what I wrote. I'm grateful for a new work week and that I'm going to be able to do it sober. I'm grateful that Chris, who's my youngest son, made it back from Florida to his dad's safely. Now, I could have focused on the negative that Chris is living with his father all summer and not me. But instead, I'm just grateful that he had a safe journey. I'm grateful for the apartment that I have the privilege of living in that I am able to afford. That's a huge thing because when I, after my divorce, I was literally penniless. And everything I have now, I've worked for and I work for every single day. And I look around where I live in this little teeny tiny apartment and I am so grateful for it. And then um, while, interestingly, while we uh, were on this call, my oldest son, Nick, texted me and said, we'll catch up without prompting from me. Let's catch up later this week. I love you. Unprompted. And I put that in my gratitude journal. So today I have five things, um, four things listed that just because I was in, uh, something struck me when I was sat down this morning, I was able to focus on gratitude for a moment. And I'm not gonna pressure myself tomorrow to do the same thing. It'll come when it comes. But I know that there, I'm living my life a different way, that I am living my life more in the present with a better understanding of the things I can't control like Nick not living with me, uh, Chris not living with me, and yet to be able to look around and say, wow, you know, I have what I need today. And that's the important thing. So anyway, sorry for the long share, but thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Laura. That was, that was so much great stuff there. So much great stuff. I love it, Laura. Thank you. And, you know, that's a testament to your willingness to keep coming and showing. And, you know, in our recovery, yes, there's heartbreak. There's heartbreak. This disease or, you know, disorder robs us of things. But I also know that if we keep showing up and doing what we need to do to stay sober, um, relationships repair. And I, you know, have a lot of pain in, in my family of origin. There are a lot of people there that are, are not interested in, in moving past what has happened to us. But I can also stop and be really grateful for the mothers that have been with me, you know, and have mothered me over the years. And the fact that I had options to think differently and, um, you know, we still have to feel the grief, but the here and now, like you were saying and Damon so aptly discussed, we can all be grateful for the here and now. You know, for that moment right now, all of my needs are met. And then I yeah. allow more time to let the miracles come in. 
You know, um, thanks for mentioning that, Christina and Laura. You said so many amazing things there, but one of it is you were talking about direction. I always say, you know, if you really want to stop an alcoholic in their tracks, give them direction. Um, like we just do not take direction well. And that's something that I've had to learn as I get into recovery is to listen to what other people have to say. And if it rings true, and I kind of know in my heart of hearts, or it just seems like the next right step is to take that direction. I always want to cut my own path. And I think one of the things that I've learned in recovery is that sometimes my own personal story that I tell myself holds me back from where I need to be. You know, uh, many people who know me know this, a lot of people don't, is that I was a super dyslexic kid. Basically, I don't know how I got through high school. Failed out of college, learned how to read because I just was not a good reader. Uh, and, you know, it took me a long time. I ended up going all the way through graduate school. So, you know, I remember for a long time, I was just like, well, I'm just not that smart, or I'm not a good reader, or I'm not this, I'm not that. That I was framing myself. What does that mean? You know, I always thought, you know, Christina, we were talking about coaching and about one of the things that I've learned in coaching by working with other people is I see things in myself. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen where the governor or the president might speak or an important official might speak, and they have a sign language person interpreting for people who are hearing impaired. And I think we ha I have that. Uh, I have my own personal interpreter. The thing is, is that it doesn't always tell me this, the, the things on the ground. Uh, if the governor comes on and says there's a big storm and we might lose power for an hour, but don't worry, we've got it under control, my interpreter signs back, well, it's all over for you. Your house is now flooded. You're going to be homeless in 15 minutes. Uh, once you lose this, no one's going to want to talk to you, right? Like, my interpreter sucks in recovery. So I've had to learn over the years to fire my interpreter, get a new interpreter in that looks at things in a more positive, grateful manner. Because I will tell you, I have had interpreters in the past that have not had my best interest out for me. I know that's kind of a, a silly way to look at it, but that's how I look at it, right? And for me, a couple of things I've learned is that you know, my story that I've built up about myself holds me back from being able to be in the moment. So anytime I feel that I'm telling a story, anytime I'm repeating something over and over and over to myself again about who I am or how I should feel because of people, places and things, I have to stop myself and say, you know what? I'm not my story. Every minute I have a new chance to reinvent what I want to tell myself and to reinvent and to take different actions, right? If I don't like the actions that I took before. So uh, Laura, thank you so much. I so, I so appreciate you. And I love having you also on our volley community. And guys, if you're not, if you haven't joined that, uh, you can do that just by becoming a member at info.recoveredlife.us. If you're already a member, don't worry guys, I'm sending you a, uh, a, a, a VIP login so that you can get in and start having a conversation with us. Uh, Christina, any thoughts on this before we go to Deanna? No, just join uh, when you get the invite for everybody who's a member of Recovered Life, join Volley because it's a lot of fun. 
to be able to speak to each other um, and see what's going on. So I hope to see everybody over there. And on the channel, the Daily Drink channel, where I put out a little uh, a little thought of the day, I quoted Dolly Parton. So if I can tie Dolly Parton into recovery, anything is possible. Anything. Dolly, Deanna, how you doing? How you doing, Deanna? Oh my, I am so much better now. <laughs> I needed this room. Um, I really needed this room. So I'm very appreciative. And... I was crying as you guys were talking. I had to step out of the room. Um, and now you mentioned Dolly Parton. And I'm like, yes, okay, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I love me some Dolly. So I'm going to put that on some vinyl a little later and feel good about that. So thank you, Damon. Um, I came, I haven't heard everything that everyone has said because I'm having a tough morning. Um, but Laura, I just want to thank you for everything that you did say because I can't pinpoint what you said, but a lot of it really touched my heart. And um, some of the actions that you're taking internally that you spoke of have helped me. I don't know exactly how at this moment because I'm processing it, but family is tough. Family is tough. Just the word family for me sometimes just leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. But I got a phone call this morning that just kind of set my day like that's not what I wanted that's it, I feel excluded left out sad unloved um which I am not unloved it's I started as I after I got this phone call I started doing what Damon was saying and just creating this story in my head of all of just this negative narrative of myself and why people don't love me or don't want to be around me, which is just a load of crap. People do love me and people do want to be around me, the right people anyway. And I, I am so grateful um, for the opportunities. It's something that Laura said that made me feel this way, that I am grateful for the opportunities to be in this space um, not just in Clubhouse, but in this space of of being uncomfortable, of having these big emotions, I can see that this is an opportunity for me to change my perspective, to grow um, in just even to take account of where I am. Uh, for myself, when I got in this room, I thought, Oh, I'm having such a hard day. Okay, I'm grateful for my sobriety. Sure, fine, whatever. Like, I I didn't even feel it. Like, I was just saying that. But then I thought to myself, you know, Deanna, you, my husband does drink. And so there is alcohol in our house. And I, I'm grateful that I have the, the, the love for myself to know that I don't that I'm not going to do that, that I can escape my emotions and go to the bottle and and make this 893rd day of my sobriety not reach nine, 894, but I choose not to do that. So, and I've been doing that for a while, uh, not as long as 25 years, but like we say, one day at a time. And today's one of those days that I'm like, I'm thankful that I have the love for myself, that that I'm not getting from other people at this moment. I have it for myself. I care about myself and I'm not going to reach for the bottle or anything. I'm going to sit in my emotions, process them, cry, 
smile, laugh about Dolly Parton, and then I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to remind myself of the true story. And that is the truth is that I am love. I am love and I'm lovable. And when when there are people that I wish would love me more that I'm not getting it from, it's an opportunity to lean into loving them more or loving somebody else more or just being grateful. So I feel so much better. I It's amazing how just being able to speak um, can just change your perspective in your heart. So I am very, very grateful, Damon and Christina and Kathy and Laura and Meredith, who I see right there. I'm Deanna. I am complete. Thank you, Deanna. I'm so glad that you raised your hand and said, you know, you were having a day that you were struggling because that is part of it. You know, um, congrats on the almost 900 days. And um, I know, you know, that life includes challenging days. And uh, it's so nice to be reminded, which is why I am glad that we brought up gratitude um, when we come to this room whenever, I don't know, Damon probably comes with a topic in mind, but I am not that organized. And it's just nice to hear that, um, to hear that other people know that they can give themselves grace and that they can practice gratitude and we don't have to override those emotions. Um, we also don't have to make to allow them to make the decisions for us either. So really grateful for you. So love it. So thank you so much, Deanna, for your insight. <clears throat> I, I relate to you, I really do. Um, and I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we're all here sharing. Um, guys, just to reset, you are in Recovered Life Discussions. <clears throat> Every week we have a, a conversation about, you know, setting up your best recovered life, setting up your sober game plan for the week. If you suffer from alcoholism, drug addiction, a codependency, any kind of addiction, anything related to that, we talk about how to set out your sober game plan. Meredith is here. I'm so excited, Meredith. I haven't spoken with you for a while. How are you doing? Hey, Damon. Hey, Christina. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Um, gosh, there's so much... I could share on this. Um, first off, Damon, I want to say I could relate to your share so very much. That um, that interpreter, that self-interpreter that we have, boy, I have one of those too, and, and she can really suck sometimes. Um, being dyslexic, I am also dyslexic, and I have a terrible time reading. I didn't learn how to study until I got into nursing school, and um, so it was, um, I barely made it through high school myself, so I could really, really relate to that. Um, and, you know, I had a uh, growing up, I had a, a brilliant sister, so I was always in the shadow of that because um, I always felt dumb and stupid and was told that I was dumb and stupid and I would never amount to anything. So I could really, really, really uh, relate to your share. Deanna, thank you so much for your share, too. Um, I loved what you said about, you know, when I'm not feeling loved by those that, you know, I want to love me, um, it's an opportunity for me to either love them more or to love somebody else more. And um, I really related to that. I had a, I've had a tough month, month and a half with my sister. And we had a pretty big blow up over the weekend. And, you know, I have to remind myself that she doesn't have recovery and 
she can be really hateful and toxic and uh, very negative toward me. And I can get stuck in that and I can take it personal or I can take a step back and, um, you know, respond differently instead of reacting, which is what I did. But I cannot lie, it was hard as hell. Um, my best friend Jennifer had to walk me through that and I'm so grateful that I have people like you all, all, all the people in this room I know support is at my fingertips and it was, um, I can't tell you how grateful I am for that. There was a time when I didn't know what gratitude was. Um, you know, for f over four decades, I lived either in my past, which was triggering and traumatizing, or I lived in the future, which was filled with worry and anxiety. And when you're triggered and traumatized or worried and filled with anxiety, there's not a whole lot of room for uh, gratitude. And I never practiced gratitude until I came into recovery. And now it is one of my main, it is one of the main tools that, that I have. Um, today, I can tell you that I am so very grateful that I did not get the things that I thought that I wanted. Um, the way that my life has unfolded and the way that plans have turned out and they've, you know, gotten blown to shit sometimes. But when I can take a step back and I can truly trust and have faith that God has a plan for me, and it's so much bigger than my own, I can find relief and I don't have to stay stuck in the trigger traumatizing moments. I don't have to stay stuck in the future that I'm not ever gonna be loved um, and be filled with worry and anxiety. Um, I think Laura said, you know, gratitude puts you right in the moment and I never knew how to live in the moment. So, you know, gratitude has taught me to live in the moment. And I take, a, I take some cues from my dogs because I tell you a few <laughs> dogs have a really good perspective and they always live in the moment. They always are right here, right now. Um, and I take a lot of cues from them, especially when I'm struggling. So thank you guys so much for this room and thank you for allowing me to share. I'll pass it back to you guys. Thank you, Meredith. I, I saw one of your posts about your doggies and it made me recognize, you know, it was like, what do I want to learn from my little doggie? And it was to play, you know, which is, is not something that that I learned as a child. And I just love that you bring it back to them and absolutely understand that what it feels like to be around a difficult personality. And, you know, when do you set boundaries? When do you stay? How do we, those of us who think about these higher concepts and think on purpose and design our life in recovery, handle people who are not willing to do that and it is a balance and what you said about the community is so important because I also know that I have people who are going to be cheering me on when my son goes to prom and and sitting next to me when I have a heartache that shows up in my life and are not fair weather friends they're real friends in recovery they're real they're really there for me. And, um, you know, recovery is the best thing that ever happened to me, um, truly. Being an alcoholic saved my life because one, I had the alcohol for those short six years, but, you know, that helped me from not, not hurting myself. But then being introduced to recovery made it possible for me out of everyone in my family to live a peaceful, beautiful life. 
And that's what we really are doing here is, yes, we need sobriety, but it's the recovery that we're looking for. Oh, so good. So good, Christina. <clears throat> and thank you, Meredith. You know, we're the dyslexic twins here. Um, I, I, I so I so relate to what you're saying. You know, um, I, you know what I love about the Recovered Life community is that we're able to talk about things and you know it's I, I always found with recovery i thought we thought this was such a miracle is that i could walk in and start to have a conversation it was like how did they know i thought at at, at one point christina when i when i entered a 12-step group i had this home group of guys i thought that they were actually getting together and curating the topics for me <laughs> right and then later i realized it's like no damon you know uh everybody's having this experience simultaneously, right? You know, and we talked about the interpreter a little bit. We talked about, you know, one of the things with my interpreter is that my interpreter has a different dictionary. So a lot of the times my interpreter, my interpreter will say something, a storm's coming, and it will interpret it totally wrong, but the meaning of it too is wrong, right? The meaning of words and the meanings of things. One of the things that uh, being dyslexic has taught me is that I learned social cues very, very well. Uh, when you can't read and write well, you learn people very, very well. Meredith will probably chime in on that, but you learn them so well. And but the but there's a negative part of this too is that you start to pre-plan what they're going to do and what they're going to say. You start to script it out. And what I've realized is that sometimes in my life. I create a screenplay of that, of what's going to happen. And then I feel vested. I've got to stick to that screenplay. And, you know, that's tough. And I have to unpin from that a lot of the times and just stay in the present moment and let that happen. That is uh, what gratitude does for me. It allows me to be right here, right now. And right here, right now is where it's all happening in life. Right, Christina? Absolutely. That's what we learn, you know, that we only have this moment. And, you know, just like the gratitude list, when I used to hear that, I would roll my eyes. But it is an absolute universal truth. And uh, people outside of recovery are starting to study this and recognize that, yes, being in the moment is the key to having a beautiful life. You know, Christine, I know you wanted, we were talking about acceptance as well. And we can bring this also up to Laura, Deanna, Meredith, anyone who's on stage with us, if they'd like to chime in. You know, another thing that we were talking about this week in our own recovery is acceptance of, hey, this is where we're at right here, right now. And, you know, when I say right here, right now is beautiful. It does not mean that we don't take, that, that we don't have dreams to play full out and make another experience happen, contribute to that other experience happening. Uh, one, of the re one of the things that I have learned with acceptance is to realize that sometimes I um, by myself can't make things happen, Christina. I can just pedal the bike, right? I am just some sometimes the action in that and that I have to be open and accept the fact that things aren't gonna work out exactly like I had planned. And thank God, because if things had worked out exactly like I had planned, uh, I would be driving a old beat up charger and uh, not having the life that I'm living right now. 
for me for sure and Meredith said that and now you've said it if I had gotten some of the things that I thought I wanted I would be in a totally different place and acceptance is tricky um you know, in, in our big book text, it talks about acceptance is the answer to all of my problems. And that's, that is a very deep conversation. And as I continue to stay in recovery and stay sober, the more it comes true. And, and like you said, it doesn't mean that we just sit down on our laurels and say, well, this is what's happening to me. Uh, and I can never make a change. And I'm, you know, I now have permission to be in victim mode because I just need to accept. But it's it's for me starting to understand that things were never supposed to be different because I had more suffering from um, thinking that things needed to be different in my life than I did from just accepting them and understanding that um, I didn't have the answers. I don't have the answers. I know from a moral compass and values that I've been able to gain in recovery of what I'm in charge of and what I'm not in charge of. And I am not in charge of the answers. I'm in charge of my body and this moment and where I'm going to take it. And to me, that's acceptance, you know, knowing yeah. that I'm not God. Well, I think a lot of people that might be listening to this too have a problem with acceptance, but you know, one of the things that you have to do to get acceptance, in my opinion, is you have to understand that you're powerless, right? Powerlessness is, I think, a concept before really true acceptance. Uh, Meredith, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, the thing that caught, or the thing that comes up for me is, you know, that screenplay that you were talking about, gosh, I could so relate to that. I can develop that screenplay and then I develop an attachment to that screenplay, which then comes an expectation from that. So I'm already living way into the future in the screenplay and have that attachment with it. So there's no room for acceptance in that when it hasn't even happened. Um, so I do struggle with that. I know today I am in charge of my choices, but I am not in charge of any outcomes whatsoever. And another thing about acceptance that came up for me when you said it was acceptance is the last stage of grief. So whenever I am really seeking, I can't force acceptance. I've tried and it does not work for me. It's something that I need help with. I need from my higher power. I need from my support people. Sometimes it's just time. But usually when I am struggling to accept something, it's because I've had a loss of something. And maybe it's a loss of that screenplay of what I thought was going to be or what I thought I wanted. But um, I can usually not get to acceptance and, until I have gone through the other four stages of grief first. I think there's a reason why acceptance is the last one. So good. So good. You're, you're, you're right. Um, you know, and... It is because I have determined that things are not supposed to be the way they are that causes me the most pain than just understanding that I don't know. I don't have any idea. This was a big one for me when my son was diagnosed. I struggled with acceptance of that. And what that did was compel me to continue to ask, you know, the questions like, how do you know this isn't the way it's supposed to be? No. Laura. 
Hi, um, thank you. Wow, this is um, just a beautiful conversation on acceptance, which is um, something that I run through my heart and my head um, multiple, multiple times a day because what I've what I've learned from listening to all these rooms is that there's acceptance. I, I, I've learned about acceptance and how to truly accept things. But I also learned that I do have some control and I have control over my actions, my emotional um, well-being, how I, you know, emotionally, physically, and mentally react to things. And that if I look for the miracles, if I look for the things that are beautiful and right, um, then I can honestly say there's hope, miracles happen. And my, my control over this situation that I, I, I don't want to accept but need to is to turn it over. For me, that, that piece of it, that turning it over and praying over it all the time makes me feel like I have a little bit of power. It's just something that I can do. Do the next right thing. Don't pick up that damn drink. Be ready for the miracle to happen, right? And, and then looking around and saying, look at X, Y, and Z, these things that have gone well, you know, financial stability, whatever it may be, um, mended relationships, um, peace, you know, a, a newfound piece of being alone and not feeling lonely. All those things, those are like the little wins that if I can hold on to those, practicing acceptance of the things that, you know, are so, so difficult can be, which just switches my perspective and can in switching perspective can make it just a little bit more palatable to turn it over and, and, and feel like I can accept this now, you know, it's in my higher powers hands and things will evolve as they should. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Laura. A lot of really great things there. Deanna, would you like to uh, give a final thought here? about uh, your week in recovery, maybe what you're working on or what you gathered from the room? Oh, yes. Um, my final thought is that I love what Meredith said about acceptance being the final stage of grief. That just grounded me in my feelings and allowing them to just be. And I feel positive about going into this week um, yeah, I feel positive about this week, which a few minutes ago I didn't. So thank you so much for this space. I appreciate everybody here. I'm done. So great. Thank you, Deanna. <clears throat> Christina, this has been a great hour. Um, I just, I so love the planning of your, of our sober week. Um, I like this space because it sets me up knowing that recovery is important to me, right? That I need to have gratitude for my recovery. And I also need to be in the here and now. You know, I wake up, you know, I'm a pretty ambitious person and I wake up with a list uh, by my nightstand of things that I wanna try to do this week. And then I've got even more stacking up on top of that list in my brain. 
Christina knows this because I sometimes dump them out little volleys. Um, and, you know, it. what this does for me is it brings me to a place where I have to say, you know what, first things first. I can't go achieve things in life unless I stay sober. And I can't stay sober unless I have a plan. And and my plan is a connection with the higher power for me and being able to continue this conversation and being able to work on these key principles. So this really does it for me. Like this room, I really love it. I'm so glad that we created this. Guys, if you're listening to this or you have a friend that might like this or you're like, wow, you know what? This has been fun. I really enjoy it. You want more content? We would ask you to go to info.recoveredlife.us. We pinned a link up top here for those of you uh, listening on Clubhouse. And you can click on it and become a member. And what that allows you to do is to tap into all of the different events that we've got. I will tell you, Christina and I have a lot of stuff planned. But one of the things that we have planned that we, when we talked about it last week, um, and you know, Christina, if you want to jump in here, one of the things that we thought about what the recover, recovered life needed was more, we needed one more one-on-one -on -one interaction with people. And that's what the recovered life community allows us to do uh, on this new volley partnership we have. It allows us to do one-on-one. -on -one. So if you're joining Recovered Life Now, or if you're already a member, I know there's a lot of people on there that I'm seeing here on stage and in the audience are already on our uh, Volley app. If you're already a member of Recovered Life, we will be sending you an invitation. If you're not, click that link above because it is, uh, it, it is just an amazing experience. I connected with George yesterday, who's been on several episodes of the Recovered Life Show, who's an author, a super bright guy. Uh, Don, there's like so many people uh, that I've connected with on Recovered Life, and we love it. Also, here's an offer for you, Christina. Do you want to tell them about uh, some of the little flash coaching that we've been doing in Recovered Life? Yes, yes, please. Um, I am a recovery coach who specializes in codependent patterns and relationships and uh, have one call available for this week. And uh, that looks like us sitting down and strategizing and seeing what plan you need to put in place in regards to your relationships and healing. Um, also, I coach with Damon uh, with the breakthrough, which allows you to really take some focused amount of time to walk through something that might be holding you back. And we're going to be announcing breakthrough this yep. week. That's a really exciting thing, guys. A lot of people have contacted us and said, you know what? I need the codependency stuff. I need the recovery stuff. I need the accountability stuff that you've got, Damon. How do we, how do I do this with both of you involved? So Christina and I have, uh, are going to be putting out, uh, a new program, called Recovery Breakthrough that gives you access to us uh, for an intensive period of time to achieve a certain, a certain breakthrough in your recovery. We're going to be announcing that this week. But guys, what I want you to do is if you're looking for a little refresh, you feel that your recovery is stagnant, there's two actions that you could take here. One is you could go right now to info.recoveredlife.us, uh, click the link above, and you can click on... Uh, Christina's picture will allow you to book a time with her totally for free. She gives these away. I also give one away if you're having problems with accountability. If you have problems doing what you say you're going to do, I am your guy. You can click on my photo and I will also give you a free session. Um, so there's two really great things that you could do right now 
if you want to take action in your recovery. The third thing is to become a member of Recovered Life. I know I'm going on volley right now because I got some volleys during uh, the show, uh, during the discussion here, Christina, and I'm going to start interacting with people, talking about gratitude, talking about what we discussed today. Any final thoughts here before we uh, close this down, Christina? Uh, real quick, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I have a quick question. Um, what is Bali? Oh, it's a social media app that's been integrated into Recovered Life, and it allows video messages back and forth. It's really, really cool. So it, I can just download the app? Yes. I yes. I'll, send, I'll send you an invite, Meredith. Oh, please do. Thank you so much, Christina. Didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, I'm so glad you did, Meredith. Um, you know, we have a private thing. We actually partnered with Volley. Uh, we were on a different system. For those of you that uh, were in Recovered Life, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, we were, had a different system and we loved it, but it was much more like Facebook. And we found that was one-way communication. We want two-way communication. And this is a non-linear video, audio, and text messaging app that allows us to stay in touch with each other. And I have to tell you, Christina, totally has changed my life. It's a lot of fun. It really is. I can't wait for it to continue to grow. Um, I love seeing the video messages from everyone. And I love the daily drink thing that you're putting out. It's awesome. Really cool, guys. We have a bunch of different channels in there, random, where you could just post thoughts. Ask an alcoholic if you've got, if you want some flash coaching totally for free, you want to ask a question. Uh, we will answer back, which is really neat. And the daily drink, which I give just a really recovery thought of the day that people comment on. A lot of great people there that you will recognize from Recovered Life Discussions. Uh, guys, we're going to end this because we're at the hour. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for showing up today. Uh, tomorrow, please catch us uh, for future Recovered Life Discussions. We've got them four days a week, two, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You can always catch Recovered Life on Clubhouse at 9 a.m. during those days. Everybody, we hope you have your best recovered life, your best recovered week, and we're looking forward to talking with you guys on Volley. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.